should change our bumper music to something like short people have no reason to live. How about be thou my vision? <laughs> How about welcome to the gospel for life? <laughs> oh yeah, that. that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the gospel for life. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Van Hugan is with us. Pastor Russ Herman is with us. Guest host Ryan Hemphill. See, I can actually say it you right. You nailed that very nicely done. Nice. And then I'm Josh Bales from the Well Church. Um, we have been talking through Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? Um, now, I, I, I do have to confess, I have not read every part that we've gone over. Is that a problem? Mm. And, and you made up the questions. <laughs> well, I read most questions of the stuff. To do with this book? I read most of the stuff today. But I, I guess all that to say that um, we like his... Yeah, where are you going with this? I like we, we like his outline. We like the fact that he is taking these doctrines of, of God and the Bible. Um, and then he has a very specific application chapter to it. Mm -hmm. Um, those, you know, I've said it several times. Those are the two wings on the plane. We need both of them. Well, I, you know, also sometimes we don't have time to get all of things read that we would like to, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we live busy lives too. That's right. So, so no, I, I did read most of the stuff today. (laughs) Okay, so we are on the section of God's omnipotence in everyday life. I actually felt like this was the highlight of the chapter or highlight of the chapter for me, this next question. So he asks, how do um, how do you or how do we interpret reality? So as a so he what he basically says is the Christian is, is supposed to interpret reality through the biblical lens, the biblical worldview. But the world interprets reality through the worldview of scientific naturalism. So let's unpack that a little bit. What does he mean by that? And why is that important to understand as we interact with the world? Well, I think one of the things that Tripp says is that we're always interpreting things. We're always, you know, and we know that to be true about everything. You know, we have a conversation with somebody. We walk away. What did they mean by that? What did what was what were they seeing? So we're, there's always an interpretation going on, and it's it's good for us to have a biblical grid that we can process things through because, uh, you know, um, and so in this sense, he's, he's talking about all the, how media has invaded our life. Yeah. And so it it is trying to get the first interpretation on everything that happens, our, you know, whether, you know, it's in our social media, whether it's in the, you know, the, the worldview that says that, uh, you know, only material causes can affect anything that allows for no, nothing supernatural. And so when we're talking about the um, omnipotence of God, we've already talked about, you know, you know, he created all things by the word of his power. Everything that exists, there was nothing. And out of nothing, he's created everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so this interpretive grid that is being foisted upon us is saying, no, that's not true. Um, you know, and, you know, it's like, you know, they, there's this nothing comes from nothing view that, you know, so that, you know, something else must have existed first and then something else before that and something else before that. And you get, you get to, um, you know, how did God create the world and how did, how did the world come into being and, and somebody on a Martian spaceship brought crystals and deposited it here? You know, th- this is the ridiculousness of that materialistic worldview. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
But that materialistic worldview is is what does dominate the the educational system of our day, mm-hmm. and and this mm-hmm. makes it hard for our young people who go off to college that um, seek to continue to have a biblical framework and worldview by which to interpret and and understand this world. Um, they are are being called foolish and that they have no foundation for their belief. Oh, my science. Yeah. And so what happens is you have this this dominant worldview in our society today that you have to be able to trace something back to some sort of scientific or natural um, explanation. And if you can't, then it has to be discarded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that... <clears throat> Undermines not that faith is illogical, um, but faith is faith. We believe in in God, um, a, a God that we cannot see, yeah. and a God that works sometimes contrary to or outside of the realm of quote unquote scientific laws. Yeah. So we, in, in reform circles, we're very big on the catechism. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Or what is, what is, what is your only comfort in hope? In life what is your and only comfort, comfort in, in life and, and death? death that yeah, I'm yeah. not my own. Um, the point is, is that um, th- there's always a competing catechism going on. The culture does catechism just like the church does catechism. Mm-hmm. Um, and these, as we go out into the world, these two catechisms are always colliding. And when I say the world, I just mean when, when we go to the grocery store, when we turn on the evening news, when we watch a movie, when we listen to a song, um, everything that we're doing um, as we're experiencing that with the world, the world is is sending a different message. And and what I think Tripp does strongly in this chapter is he says, are you aware of this other message mm-hmm. that's being spoken? Are you aware of it? Sometimes that, we're not because it's not an extreme message you know um, right now people are becoming aware of a certain message about you know transgenderism when you know a man be- can get in a swimming pool and beat women right uh, and that and so there the the contrast is so great so it's there's actually a pushback from that yeah. but but uh, the world tends to feed that message in little increments and yeah. little increments and little increments so you've actually swallowed the whole thing before you realize that you you've actually departed from what God has said. Yeah, it's important to have just that foundational framework of which we view everything. I mean, yes. as you said, there are these two competing worldviews, and which one are we going to hold to? God has given us one, where He says, "In the beginning, like you know, God created the heaven and the earth. God's existence is assumed and then put on display through His created power, and by faith we believe that out of nothing He brought everything into existence and." You know, you either are going to view the world outside and through that lens, or you're going to view it through another lens. Yeah. And um, God's power and his creation just puts everything, I think, in the right perspective as we experience the world in our daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think subtly we can, we can raise our children to, in some ways, not believe that God is sovereign, that God is not yeah. all-powerful, that God is not the one that reigns and upholds and, and keeps all things by his, by his word of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we would intend to do that. I don't think we would mean to do that. But we can um, ourselves buy into this mindset that 
that it's science or naturalism that governs everything, and we've removed God from the vocabulary of our lives. Um, so instead of, of prayer and, and praying with and, and um, our children and praying to God and, and asking for God to act in moments, we take matters into our own right. hands. Mm-hmm. And, and well, why would we need to pray? Because we've got it. Right. Well, we've just subtly taught our kids that we don't need God's power. We don't need God to act in these moments because we've got it under control. Which is interesting because in the Lord's Prayer, I think it's the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you don't even have the smallest things that that to the natural man would seem, oh, these are given, at least in the Western world today. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even have those under your power. You have to pray for your daily bread. That's a very God-centered view of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's why we, we bless the food before we eat it, right? Because we're acknowledging that we have this food today by the power of God. Mm-hmm. So again... The interaction of these two worldviews, mm-hmm. the natural man doesn't pray for his food when he sits down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christian does. Why? Because they're operating from two different foundations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things that Tripp does here is he's he, he basically asks the question, well, whose wisdom are you listening to? Uh, he quotes First Corinthians chapter one, where Paul is is recognizing mm-hmm. that the Corinthians were coming from a very uh, worldly um, perspective, and so he asked the question: Where is the um, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So. Basically, what what Paul is 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 telling the Corinthians to do is saying, "Hey, whose wisdom are you listening to at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, what or who shapes the way that you think about life?" And I think it, it also shapes then the work that we do in this world, how we live in this world as God's people. Um, Paul writes in in Romans one sixteen, "I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of." Um, Everyone who believes. Well, you have to stop then and say, well, do I believe in the power of the gospel? And let's just, let's just be honest. Most Christians don't. Yeah. They're afraid of their culture. They're afraid of their neighbor. They're afraid of, of being vocal about the truths that they believe because they don't believe the gospel actually can change people's hearts and lives. Yeah. And they don't believe in the power of the gospel yeah. because they don't believe in the power of God. Yeah. And and because they've bought into the wisdom of the world, they, they think that the cross is actually foolishness. Yeah. Um, and so we really have to, 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 to rethink about and orient our life and say, no, God is the ultimate power. And God has given that power to hit us, his children. Mm-hmm. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is that which God has promised works in and through his people. Mm. And he's given us a message, the gospel, that has a power, has the power of God behind it. Mm -hmm. And that changes lives. And sometimes we look at people and say, well, they're beyond the ability um, for God to save. Really? No, they're Mm -hmm. not. 
because I believe in the power of the gospel. Well, at that point, we're doing exactly what Moses did. Yes. Or we're doing what Sarah did after she already mm-hmm. saw uh, some of the miracles that, Ab- that Abraham, you know, see- saw from God, the, the, the flaming torch, you know, walking through the, the parts of the animals or Sarah laughing. Well, can, 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 can God really give us a baby? Mm-hmm. God gave us these stories because they're mirrors of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we, we do that. And then in the end, what does God do? He shows, now I've been able to do this the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that theme is carried out in the New Testament, um, particularly in Ephesians 3, where, where Paul says, um, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power that is within you. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's helpful to remember, just, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Paul, you know, not being ashamed of the gospel and. And yet on the flip side, too, in the end of Ephesians 6, he asked people to pray Mm -hmm. that he would be able to speak boldly. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this kind of battle between all of us. We are children of the Most High, and we have this calling to go and to proclaim, and God is sovereign in control. And one thing that helps me is to remember that one child of God outnumbers the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, no enemy can stand against God. And God... Through his Holy Spirit, he's given to us. He, we are his temple. He is with us and he is in us. I mean, not even Satan can hold a torch to God's power. And, uh, and that thing that is really encouraging to me is that, you know, really our greatest enemy outside of death, the evil one, is nothing but an insect before God. Mm. And who do we have to fear if God is with us? Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Don't forget to register to our upcoming conference, October 21st and 22nd, Reformation Boise. Go to reformationboise.com. You can register for free. We'll see you next time.